Turn with me please to Philippians, the third chapter. Philippians 3, and then it's likely that we'll go to Hebrews 12 after that. And uh, let me remind you that uh, this is a series that we've been on for a while now. In fact, I, I sense that we're nearing the completion of this particular series. And if you haven't been with us and haven't heard the first parts, let me encourage you to, to go get them. Go online, download them, watch the video. Uh, it won't cost you anything. If you're in the building and want a hard copy, you can get a disc, DVD, or CD. And around here we have a saying, uh, no charge means no excuse <laughs> for not having it, not getting it. And these things are valuable, most valuable. We've been on a series we're calling Perfection Through Correction. And everyone's been so excited about this. <laughs> what, what are you laughing about? It's uh, a number of things in the Word of God that don't sound good to your flesh, but they're wonderful for your spirit. And so a lot of things that you hear, the Bible talks about obedience, it talks about submission, it talks about Holiness, it talks about sacrifice, right? And this is not always popular, but some things you hear, they don't make you shout maybe immediately, but if you'll do them, you'll shout a lot later. And uh, the truth will make you free. In uh, Philippians, the third chapter, and verse 12. Philippians 3.12 says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that if I may apprehend that for which I'm also apprehended of Christ Jesus. This is the King James. It's a little bit cumbersome. Listen to the New Living Translation. He says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. Now, a lot of people would stop here and go, well, of course not. Nobody's perfect, but you need to read the rest of it. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Whatever he's calling perfection must be attainable. And this requires mind renewal on our part. Because, it, I mean, it's preached from the pulpits of churches. That nobody's perfect. <laughs> and nobody can be. But you got to watch about just making statements that are not scriptures. Well, everybody believes that. Well, that don't make it right. The majority is not always right. Millions. Some say, well, billions of people can't be wrong. Oh, yes, they can. Billions of people can believe lies and be completely deceived. Oh, yeah, it's happening right now. But this perfection that he's talking about, he said, I, I'm not saying I, I've already there, but I, let me paraphrase. I'm not saying I can't get there either. Right. I'm not there right now, but I'm headed that way. That's what he means. I, I reach toward the mark. I, I'm pressing Toward that mark. What? 
The mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is that? Jesus is perfection. He perfectly pleased the Father. He, He prayed perfectly. He talked perfectly. He preached perfectly. He responded to people and dealt with things perfectly, perfectly, perfectly. And you and I are made in his likeness and image and called to walk just as he walked. I'm quoting scriptures. Do you believe it or not? Now the enemy has influenced much Christian religious tradition. And and people have settled for being merely human. I'm just a man. I'm just a woman. I'm just, I'm a flawed individual. I sin every day. Well, you need to quit. (laughs) That's not okay. (laughs) People leave the idea none of us could go through a day without sinning. That's just junk. What is sin? The Bible said to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. Now there's a whole lot of revelation in that phrase. To him, to him that knows. Sin is violation of light. Where there is no law, sin is not imputed. Romans says, what does that mean? God is holding each of us accountable for what we know. He's not holding me accountable for what you know. He's not holding you accountable for what I know. He knows what I know. He's the one who showed it to me. <laughs> he knows. And if I know better and violate what I know, then I have sinned. To me, that's sin. Because I knew. And uh, if I'm doing the best I know, and I am ignorant in an area, he knows that too. And the scripture said in, in 1 John 1, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, the blood of his son cleanses us from all sin. And that word is a continuous thing. It, it cleanses and keeps on cleansing. If not, you and I would have been destroyed a long time ago. Amen. But the mercy of God by the blood of the lamb cleanses us from things that we're doing ignorantly. But when we know it, and we choose to ignore and violate it, we've missed it. We need to repent. We need to make a change. And so uh, it's possible to walk as the master walks. And we say, well, I've already failed and messed up so many times. He never did. Yes, I know. And that's the beauty of the cleansing of the blood. Because of the cleansing of the blood, his mercies are new every morning. You can start off in the morning like you never made a mistake in your life by the blood of the Lamb. And like Paul said, you don't say, I have arrived at Christ-like perfection. I'm walking exactly like he. Paul said, he said, I don't claim to be there. But I'm not sitting down saying I can't do it. It's too high. It's too far. I'm reaching for. I'm forgetting everything that's behind. Come on. Can you see the spirit of what he said? I'm forgetting everything that's behind me. I'm pressing. I'm reaching. For what? Perfection. What? Christ likeness. That is perfection. Our elder in the faith. 
Brother Billy Graham, uh, who God has used so amazingly, he said that, uh, talked about, uh, somebody asked him some years ago about the current state of Christianity. And he, he mentioned some things that he said he found troubling. He said people are trying to be too much like the world. They are trying to adapt the church to what they think communities want. And uh, that he said the gospel, some have changed the gospel to what he called easy believism. (laughs) That all you need to do is believe. And no change. No change. But he said uh, being a Christian is more than an instant conversion. It is becoming more like Christ every day. Do you believe that? I believe, I, I'm convinced that's the word of God. And so folks that are just, you know, I believe in God. I'm okay. I'm doing all kind of crazy stuff just like the world, but I'm okay because I believe in Jesus. Well, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be forgetting about everything behind us, but reaching and pressing and laying aside every weight and every sin, and not being defiled by the ungodly world, but becoming more like the master every day. Can you say amen, or oh me, or I'll think about it? (laughs) Let let me read on. He said, uh, verse 13, New Living, No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, Looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Now they changed it a little bit. I like the more literal version of this. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. Does that involve some correction there? He's saying, and and the the literal is perfect, as many as, as are perfect. And if you don't agree, he said, uh, God will, he'll make this clear to you. In other words, God will, he'll instruct you, correct you. Go to Hebrews, the 12th chapter, please. Hebrews 12 and 1, and this is the Young's literal translation. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, we also having so great a cloud of witnesses set around us. This refers to all those he just got through talking about in the 11th chapter, that great hall of fame of faith. This wasn't written in chapter and verse. It's talking about the same thing, how they all received these amazing miracles, did these exploits through faith in God. And he said, they're all around us. I understand the people who lived on this planet before us they still exist. They're just not here on the surface of the planet. And uh, those that have trusted in him are with him. They are the cloud of witnesses. And uh, we have some indication that, you know, they are aware of some things that God is doing in the earth. And they're, you know, I, I doubt that they're aware if we get a new car or a new house, probably not aware, probably don't care. <laughs> but if somebody comes to the Lord, the Bible said angels rejoice. Well, if they could know about it, why couldn't some other folks know about it, right? Somebody obeys God 
and, and fulfills the plan of God, we have indications that they could be aware of some of these things. The, and, and we are running our race. They've had their time on the earth. And this is our time. It's very, very brief. It's so short. But they are cheering us on from the grandstands. <laughs> I, I, like I've said before, I can almost hear Paul sometimes <laughs> saying, Keith, if I'd have had the internet and a jet airplane, <laughs> boy, get with it. Get with it. Get with it. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, what did he do with boats and donkeys and, and uh, scrolls? Still affecting the earth today. Hallelujah. But anyway, the Lord has given us amazing tools that previous generations haven't had. And I believe one of the reasons is because the time is short. This thing's winding up. A lot of people need to be reached in a short amount of time. And so you see the, the reason for some of this knowledge men had never understood, but now is coming, coming out now. It says, uh, since we got this, let us lay aside every weight put off and besetting sin and through endurance run the contest that is set before us. Keep reading. Looking to the author and perfecter of faith, Jesus, who over against the joy set before him did endure a cross, shame having despised on the right hand of God, the throne of God, did sit down. And verse, skip down to verse 10. It says, they indeed for a few days, according to what seemed good to them, they, they were chastened, but he for our profit to be partakers of his separation. Did you hear that? Partakers of his separation. The King James says holiness, I believe. The easy to read in verse 10 says it like this. God disciplines us to help us so we can be holy like him. That's the easy to read. That we might be partakers of his holiness. Now when he talks about us running our race and finishing our course... He also talks about Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and he immediately talks about correction. Why? Are these connected? Well, certainly they are. He, Jesus is the master, the faith master. He is the father pleaser master. You and I are his disciples, his learners. And that's the mentality we should have. It's like the martial artist master and their students. The master knows all the moves <laughs> and the student doesn't. It's like the, uh, the old show uh, Kung Fu where the, uh, and this you may not know about this, but where the... <laughs> The old Kung Fu master and the little guy uh, was named, they, he called him Grasshopper. Well, you and I are Grasshopper. And the Lord is the master. And we're not just trying to learn how to kick somebody or punch somebody. We want to know how to walk by faith. And how to walk out this life with the same kind of success Jesus did. And we want to know how to please the Father. And find our, our course and finish our course. And, and you got to learn the moves. You got to learn how to deal with the enemy. 
You got to learn how to deal with his temptation, with his trickery, with his confusion. You got to learn what to do with your flesh. You got to learn how to deal with other people and the curse in the earth and situation. Jesus demonstrated all of this. And how many believe everything he did is a perfect example of how to do it. But he didn't just leave us with a, a, an old history book of what happened. The author of this living word is inside us 24-7. And you and I should be in training 24-7. And if we've messed up and made some mistakes, well, everybody around you has too. But don't give up. He said here, don't let your knees be weak and don't be feeble and don't faint. Let it rather be healed. Let the Lord quicken you and strengthen you. And like uh, he said in, in Philippians, forget what's behind and hit today with a new fervency and a new zeal. And I'm going to get this right today. The Lord's helping me. He's showing me. Now go with me over to Ephesians. Ephesians, please. And the fourth chapter. Ephesians 4. Like we had said before, the word perfect is used in our vernacular today in our society as an unobtainable thing. And people are in, in great agreement on this. I mean, you can get people in different camps, denominations and groups that can't agree on a bunch of stuff. But if you say, well, nobody's perfect, oh man, the whole bunch will go, amen, that's right. Ain't nobody perfect. And the implication is nobody could be. And if you're not and you can't be, then there's no point in trying. Which is where the enemy wanted you to wind up all the time. If nobody is and nobody could be, there's no point in even trying. But what do we do with all these verses? In Matthew 5, you stay there in Ephesians Four, But Matthew 5.48, put it on the screen for us, please. 5.48, Jesus said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. What do we do with this? What do we do? We say, Jesus, I don't know what you're talking about, but you know ain't nobody perfect. <laughs> or do you say, Lord... Open my eyes to see what you're talking about. Help me to be renewed in my thinking. Go ahead and say it out loud. Lord, help me to see what you're talking about. To see the perfection that you're telling us to become. In Luke 6, he said it like this. Luke 6:40. The disciple is not above his master. Now, this is true. Actually, back up to verse 39, the previous verse. This is how he started out. He said, can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? Does it make any difference who you're following? Who's teaching you? It makes all the difference. And... As a usual thing, just with humans, you're not going to rise above or much above your teacher. 
If you're going to go further, you're going to have to find another teacher. Right? And even with them, uh, you know, to reach the pinnacle of what they can teach you, you would only be as good as them. And so to, uh, to get above that, you're going to have to find another teacher. <laughs> well, when you found Jesus, that's it. You can't go any higher. <laughs> he is the master. He, he actually said, don't call anybody else master. You remember that? He also told us not to call each other father. A lot of folk forgot that one, didn't they? <laughs> Why? Because you just got one father. The Father God. And you just got one master. Jesus. It's quiet in here. I didn't write that. He said, can the blind lead the blind? It makes so much difference what you're, who you're following, what you're following. Now that doesn't mean that people can't be of benefit to you. Paul said repeatedly, follow me. But then he said also, follow me as I follow Christ, as I'm following him. And he's saying, he's my master, he's your master too. I've learned some things from him, I'll pass on to you, but don't make me your ultimate example. You and I both are following him. That's how to think about it. Can the blind lead the blind? So they not both fall into the ditch. Keep reading. The disciples not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. Perfect. Fully developed. Fully accomplished in what you were being taught. Some have emphasized redemptive reality. That in Christ, our righteousness is already perfect. Because it's his righteousness. And that's true. But when we're born again, we're born babies. The Bible said as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And this is not being taught in many places. It's like you're born again. Your righteousness is perfect. No matter what you do, God only sees Jesus' righteousness. You're there. Just hold on till you leave this place. No, you're born a baby. A baby can be perfect. All the parts are there. Everything's right. But they are not fully developed at all. They've got a long ways to go until they are of full stature. A fully developed man or woman. And that's us. In Christ, when we're born again, we're perfect in Him, but we're babies. Babies, little ones. And the sad thing is, you could have been born again 70 years ago. And not have developed any in spirit. Still be just a baby, baby in Christ. Well, you know that's true mentally and emotionally. Have you ever met any 50-year-olds that acted like two-year-olds? That's just people over here. Have you ever met any 50-year-olds, 40-year-olds that acted like five-year-olds, acted like 10-year-olds? Well, see, even though their body's older, they haven't developed. They'll pitch a fit. 
They'll break down and, and act like a, like, a, like a child. They have not developed emotionally. They haven't developed inside. Even though their body's older, they haven't developed. Well, the Lord wants you and me to grow up. Thank you for those four amens. I said, the Lord wants you and I, both of us, to grow up. Have you arrived? Have you fully developed? Have I? Paul said, I, I don't claim that I have. But I'm not sitting down doing nothing. I'm reaching. I'm pressing. I'm growing. I'm developing. You know, it's wonderful to grow up. I said, it's wonderful to grow up. Adults get to do things little kids can't do. Adults are entrusted with responsibilities that little kids are not entrusted with. This is true spiritually as well. Phyllis and I talk about, you know, she said, we're, we're celebrating our 39th uh, wedding anniversary. Next, next year's the big 4-0. And um, we, obviously we're not teenagers anymore. But like she said, we got married really, really early. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, really, really young. <laughs> Don't try to do the math. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we talk about it sometimes, you know. I don't want to be 16 again. I don't want to be that dumb. I don't want to be that ignorant. I, I don't want to be 21 again. I, I'm glad the Lord sustained us, I, you know, but I'm so thankful for what we've gotten the last 30 years, the last two years, the last one year. It's making us into a more mature person. You, and that's what the Bible said. Uh, Paul said that, didn't he, in 1 Corinthians. When I was a child, I thought like a child. L- l- let's just go back and read it. Go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 13. He said, verse 11, 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, what happened? I spoke as a child. A lot of silly stuff, stuff that is wrong, stuff that's worth nothing, childish. And, and I understood as a child. reason I talked like a child is because that's where my understanding was at. Child-level understanding. And the reason I understood like a child is because that's the kind of thoughts I had. Childish thoughts, childish understanding... Childish talking. And you can do that in an 80 year old body. You know you can. But when I became a man. This is talking about perfection. This is the perfection he's talking about. When I grew up. When I became. What is being a man? Well it's being like the man Christ Jesus. That's, that's the Ephesians passage that I had you in that we're going to look at in just a minute, it's talking about growing up and becoming a mature man or woman in Christ. When I did, what happened? How can we tell you're growing up? You stop pouting. You stop it. You stop your little temper fits. You stop it. You stop your little getting your feelings hurt. Over every little nothing thing. Well they touch me first. 
Well, isn't that sad? (laughs) Churches have untold problems with this. People quit going to church. They touched me. (laughs) They didn't hug me. They didn't. They took my place. (laughs) They sat in my seat. (laughs) Three Sundays in a row. (laughs) Now, do you hear all this laughing? You hear? Why? This is relevant. They sat in my seat. (laughs) I'm seeing some little bitty ones going, I wouldn't do that. Smarter. When you grow up, what do you do? You stop thinking like a child. And if you stop thinking like a child, you start thinking mature thoughts. I'm talking about spiritually mature. In Christ, then you, your understanding changes. And your, your speaking changes. The way you see things change. That is your understanding. The way you see things changes. And the way you interact and react changes. That's one of the things that Phyllis and I talk about, you know. You, you wouldn't want to go back 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Why? Because we've been through some things in the past 30 years. A lot of it wasn't easy, but through the process, you learn how to believe God. You learn what's important, what's not important. We've had people say and do things that wasn't nice about us, and, and, and it hurt our feelings, and it bothered us. But over the last past several years, it takes a, a whole lot more to bother us. <laughs> Than it used to. We've been criticized by experts. These little spurts don't bother us. That's my father in the faith quote. Brother Hagen used to say that. I've been criticized by experts. And he said. And you know what a, a spurt is. Expert. He said a spurt is a drip under pressure. He was just full of wisdom like that. (laughs) Expert. Yeah. But once you've been through some things, we've had some people that we thought were our friends that said and did some things against us. We've had some just outright lies told publicly and and people, you know, that we thought were with us that quit us and and decide they didn't believe in us anymore. And, and you know, not a whole lot, thank God, but a few and, and some of these things. And after a while, and you just begin to, you, you pre, you're either going to back off and quit, or you're going to press into God more and get more secure in Him and more stable in Him. And, uh, and instead of going and crying for two weeks, they talked about me. They said something bad about me. Well, you're acting like a child. And, and it's not fun. To be a child in a 50-year-old body. Because everybody expects more out of you. As they should. The Lord's talking to people. I said the Lord's talking to people. When you grow up. You and your spouse quit having these fights all the time. Let me say that again real slow. When you grow up. You and your spouse quit having falling outs over toothpaste and bacon. (laughs) 
and the length of the grass and childish, childish. And some of these people are so proud of how intelligent they think they are. But they're just acting like little children, completely undeveloped. Look at it again. 1 Corinthians 13. When I was a child, how would know you're a child? Talk like a child. Understood like a child. You, you, you thought like a child. Of course, you're going to be acting like a child. But when I became a man, a mature one, what'd you do? What'd you do? I, I put away childish things. I put them away. Mature people don't play video games eight hours a day. (laughs) They don't. (laughs) There are the things that need to be done. Go to Ephesians. (laughs) Can you see there, there is a great error in some modern variations, actually modifications of the gospel, that you're born again, everything's been done in Jesus, you don't need to do anything. You don't need to change. He's accepted you. You're perfect just the way you are. See, partial truths, partial truth. He has accepted you because of your faith in Christ. He hasn't accepted all of your ungodliness. He hasn't, said, he hasn't said, you've arrived at Christ-like perfection. No, you need to grow up. And that's every day we need to wake up thinking, I need to become more like the Master today. I am in training. The Holy Spirit is my coach inside me. And he's helping me. And, he, and he'll tap me on the, in my heart and my mind and go, uh-uh, that's childish. Quit that. Uh-uh, stop that. That's just being fleshy. No, don't you do that. No, you're not going to say that. You're going to pray for him and you're going to forget about it. (laughs) No, you are not going to pitch a fit right here in this store. You're going to thank them for their time and go out and get out of here. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) No, you're not going to withhold their tip from them because they got your order wrong. You're going to act gracious and give them an offering Amen. that they didn't deserve. Amen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ephesians, are you there? Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Walk in love. Walk in faith. Walk in grace. Walk in the leading of the Spirit. In Ephesians 4, he tells us, verse 11, that he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. These are gifts from God to his people. For what purpose? For what? Verse 12, are you there? For what? For the perfecting of the saints. Well, once you're born again, aren't you already perfect? Well, if you were, then you don't need perfecting, and you don't need gifts to help you get there. No. Like Paul said, I don't count myself to have arrived at this perfection. Yes, you're born again a perfect baby in Christ, but completely undeveloped. Completely undeveloped. You need to grow all the way. 
from a virtually helpless infant to a fully developed one in Christ. That's what he's talking about right here. For the perfecting of the saints. For what reason? For the work of the ministry. So the saints can do the work of the ministry. Many have believed wrong that this is the minister's job, preacher's job. No, back up. The gifts are given, the preachers, for the perfecting of the saints. So that they, actually some translations say that they may do, the saints may do the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is entirely too big for a handful of preachers to ever take care of. Every child of God is supposed to be active doing something in the work of the ministry, in the kingdom of God. I mean, it, it's, it's wide. It's varied. How many appreciate people ministering to you by taking care of your children and ministering to them in the church service here? People that ministered to you by cleaning this room. People that ministered to you in the parking lot. I mean, on and on and on. That is the work of the ministry. And it requires millions of us to get this done. And why are a lot of people not doing it? Because they think they're supposed to just be able to sit in the crib. (laughs) And do nothing. While the preachers do everything. (laughs) And you got some 80 year olds. Sitting in the crib. And cry if somebody doesn't bring their bottle to them. And if it's not the right temperature or at exactly the right time. It's pitiful. It's pitiful. Now, it's one thing if somebody got born again yesterday and they really are a baby. But it's another thing if you've been around the things of God for 20 years. (laughs) That's another thing. (laughs) And what I'm talking about right now is why some people don't come to our church. (laughs) That's true. It's true. They don't want to hear this. They want to go Somewhere where absolutely nothing is expected of them. Where if they just show up once in a while, everybody oohs and ahs. <laughs> but is that what God expects? Is that what he has told you he's looking for? For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. If all the saints grow up and all the saints are doing the work in the ministry they should do. The whole body of Christ will be built up and developed for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. Until what point? Verse 13. Till, until this perfecting goes on, until we all come in the unity of the faith. (laughs) A lot of folks will say that's not even possible. You telling me, Baptists and Methodists and Lutherans. And Catholics and wild-eyed Pentecostals are going to come into unity. <laughs> if, if they all quit being babies and grew up, they wouldn't agree on every point of doctrine. It didn't say the unity of doctrine. It said the unity of faith. Hallelujah. It's not only possible. Jesus prayed it in John 17 and it will come to pass. You just watch and see. It will come to pass. They will be one as we are one. No, you're not going to agree on every little uh, nitpicky detail. In time to come, you'll forget about all the nitpicky details. It won't even matter to you anymore. 
But the reason why there's such division is because there's such childishness. No, that's my toy box. Mine. <laughs> we only wear red ribbons. Red ribbons. No yellow ribbons in our club. Childish. Now you're laughing, but how far off is that? We only sprinkle. We only sprinkle. We only dip. Music, no music. Loud music, soft music. <laughs> Classical music, rock music. We're right. You're wrong. Childish. 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 But till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto what? Unto what? Unto what? A perfect man. What is a perfect man? Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is the same thing as the mark, the prize, the high calling of God. This is the same thing. Is it possible for you and I to grow up and develop until we outgrow all the junk that was passed to us from our natural heritage and all the junk we might have learned wrong in this world's education system or our social input or our peer influence? Is it possible to grow out of this junk? And to grow out of our fleshiness and our pettiness and become more like the master. Until, until, until you could say, if they've seen you, they have seen him. That's what the call is. People are supposed to see him in us. Well, they won't see it in all this childish pettiness. But you and I can walk like him. We can think like him. Don't say you can't. Believe the truth. Believe the truth. It'll make you free. Somebody say, I can talk like him. I can think like him. I can understand like him. In fact, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. Say this out loud. As he is, so am I. In this world. world. Bible or not. Is that Bible or not? You believe it or not? Well I ain't much like him. I'm just an old sinner. Well keep living that junk if you want to. Be a baby in an 80 year old body. Or. Or. (laughs) I like the alternative. Or. You can grow up. You can quit being so fleshy. You can quit being so temperamental. You can quit being so unstable. You don't have to be up one day and down the next. Jesus is the same. I said he's the same yesterday, today. He's the same. Why? Because perfection don't need to change. (laughs) Perfection doesn't change. He's perfect in the morning. Perfect at noontime. Perfect when the sun goes down. (laughs) This should be exciting to us. I said this should be exciting. It should be thrilling to us. I don't have to stay in petty immaturity. In fact, I am not staying. I'm not staying. Well, God loves you just the way you are. It's a partial truth. He loves you right now 
right where you are. He does not love all the ways you are. He wants you to grow up and be like him. Yes, come to him just as you are. No, don't stay just as you are. Become just as he is in this world. Come on, I'm preaching better than you are saying amen. Hallelujah. This is the gospel. This is the word of God. This is not some watered down version of it. Somebody say, I'm coming up. I'm coming up. I'm going to grow up in him. I'm becoming more like him every day. I'm laying aside every weight that slows me down. I'm cutting out every sin that's not like him. And I'm forgetting everything that's behind. And I'm reaching and I'm pressing toward the mark. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm growing until I grow up unto the full stature of the Christ man. Hallelujah. Go with me to James in closing, please. I mean, the rest of that passage is real good, but if I get to reading it, I'll start preaching on it again. It went on to say the full measure of the stature of Christ, that we no longer be children. That's what that whole passage is talking about, no longer children. But you go to James. This is an aspect we, we, we need to be reminded of. How are we going to do it? It requires faith. First of all, you just have to believe it's possible. Not go by what you feel, by your previous experience or any kind of failures. That's why Paul said, forget what's behind. You got to believe it's possible. And it's not just faith in your ability to become something amazing. It's faith in God's ability in you to do what you didn't even think was possible with you. And you also got to realize you have a lot more time than you may think. I says, well, I'm already 90 years old. I'm already this. I'm already that. You're just talking about this first chapter of your existence, which is the shortest thing you will ever do. The Bible calls from God's perspective, this life is a mist. Now you see it, poof, now you don't. That's how short this life is from his perspective. How many of you would say you have developed at least some in the past year, five, ten, twenty? You've grown up at least some. You're not as big a baby as you used to be. Come on, can anybody say, I know I'm not as big a baby as I used to be? Well, if you just continued that rate of progress for the next hundred thousand years, What would you be? Who would you be? What kind of being would you be? But it's not going to be at that rate. You can develop a lot in this lifetime. A lot. But once you get out of here, there's nothing to even hinder you. Nothing to even slow you down. And you're building on what you already got. It can, you can develop at an exponential rate. thousand years from now you and I are going to shine like stars in the heavens the Bible says 
Nobody will look at us and go, he picked them? (laughs) He picked them to rule and reign in his eternal kingdom? Is that the best he could do? The Bible said it does not yet appear what we shall be. But when we see him, we'll be like him. Am I quoting scriptures? When we see him, this is 1 John, when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Not like people thought he was, but as he is. And one of the most amazing things is when we see him in all his beauty and his glory, we're going to be amazed, but then we're going to go, huh? I'm like him. (laughs) He's going to say, I told you, I told you. As I am, so are you in this world. So here's the thing to keep in mind. In James 1, verse 2. Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers, temptations, trials, tests, challenges. How in the world could you count it joy? Now, if it felt joy, you wouldn't have to count it joy. (laughs) And how can you count it? Knowing, because you know something. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. And a lot of folk will think, well, what in the world good is that? Let's just get it done. Get out of here. No. Let patience have its perfect work. Here's that word again, perfect, perfect, perfect. Why? That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. How do you get to the place where you're no longer lacking in being like him? You are fully like him. Paul himself said, I'm not saying I'm there today. I think we'd all join in with Paul, wouldn't we? We're not saying we're there today. But what we are saying is we are going there. And we're going to stay after it. Patience, one word for patience is perseverance. We're not going to stop. If it takes a year, 10 years, or 10,000. Where else are you going? <laughs> Who else are you going to be with? I am in him. He is in me. I am called to be just like him. Now, I won't lose my identity. I'll still be Keith. Now, you may not call me that because he's got a new name he's going to give me. But I'll still be me and you'll still be you. But we will develop unto the fullness of the stature of the anointed one. If you don't see it all in three days, don't get discouraged. If you don't see it all in three years, don't give up. Let patience have its perfect work. Just stay after it. You don't have to know it all. All you have to do is give God this unwavering commitment. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not leaving. I'm not giving up. I don't care if I struck out a thousand times. I will come back to bat. I will come back. 
and I'll swing just as hard as I did a thousand times ago. Come on. If you will give him that, he will get you there. I said, he will get you there. You will wind up perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And when people see you, they will see him. When they hear you talk, they'll be, they'll close their eyes and say, man, if I close my eyes, it's just like I'm listening to Jesus. Hallelujah. And then open it, and it's you. And, and I realize God is a God of miracles. <laughs> when I see how you act, it's just like seeing him. And then here's the thing, throughout eternity, we can say, yeah, I used to know him. You know God's a miracle-working God. I used to know her. (laughs) But all that's forgotten and gone. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Just close your eyes. Tell the Lord because if you don't mean it, don't say it, but if you do, say it out loud, Lord, I love you and I am committed to you. I believe You will never leave me. You will never forsake me. I can count on that. And I'm saying. You can count on me. I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. No matter what. I'll get back up again. And I will follow you. And I thank you. For helping me to reach. The fullness of the stature of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise be to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.